Welcome to the Unapologetically Fueled podcast, where we talk nutrition, identity, performance, and the psychology behind it all. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode. I'm so excited about my guest today. I have Lexi here, um, Lexi Noel V on Instagram. She is just such a positive inspiration for so many athletes, so many people, um, and is just really sharing her story and her love for Jesus across social media and is just amazing. So I'm super excited to hear from her and hear all about her story and passions today. So could you introduce yourself a little bit, Lexi? Yes, hi, I'm Lexi. Um, I'm super excited to be here today and talking to you, Sabrina. So I'm a runner and I post my runs on my Instagram and my TikTok. I love to post my healthy recipes, anything like that, and share my love for Jesus. I feel like that's number one. So I'm super excited for today. Yes, absolutely. And your Instagram definitely does that and your TikTok. And it's so beautiful because you're combining like that's like what we're called to do in life is take our passions and just like spread the love of Jesus through that. And so you are just beautifully like emanating like what Jesus has called us to do. And you're you're making such a big difference. So it's great. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. So you have an Instagram account and like TikTok that's dedicated to, you know, fueling and running and um, faith. And so since you're so passionate about that, what is your personal story with being an athlete and under fueling and um, just kind of like, what's your journey with that? Okay, yeah. So I've been an athlete and tried almost every sport since I've been a kid, but I didn't start running until about quarantine so April 2020 which was after I had recovered from an eating disorder which I was diagnosed in 2019 towards the end of my seventh grade year so that I was completely not doing any sports for then so I obviously had to take that time off and then when I was recovered I so I tried out for this cheer team, actually. So in March 2020, right before school shut down, and I did not make that, the team, and that just kind of, like, crushed me. But then when school ended, I was like, I want to find something to do during quarantine. So I started running, and I fell in love. And it took a lot of trial and error to feel, learn how to feel my body right at the beginning because it, it, it's honestly a completely different world between, like, feeling I've been at a runner and just not being an athlete at all so yeah that's kind of like the basic of when I started running yeah absolutely no that's a really great story and I feel like that's so um common is that like during quarantine I feel like so many people picked up running like it was I just feel like there's so many of us on Instagram that like recovered from an eating disorder and then picked up running in quarantine after recovery or some people picked up running in quarantine and then developed an eating disorder and now we're recovering and it's just like there's this whole like quarantine eating disorder running wave of all the people who are very like high achieving and so (laughs) yeah I hear it all the time and I'm like wow it's crazy how we can relate right oh that's so awesome but yeah what you said is so true like learning how I feel like a lot of people who do pick up running after um recovery it's like really hard at first on your body because your body's like wait wait, wait, what's going on here and so figuring out feeling for being a runner is so difficult and sometimes like it can be unintentional under feeling and so then you have to navigate that so yeah that's a 
that's a tough journey to navigate, but um, for sure. So um, how did running like influence so you did say that like you started running after recovery and everything, but I guess how did your identity yeah. as an athlete um, influence your motivation to recover and how did your recovery influence your athletics and your performance? Right. So when I, I, before I got or was diagnosed with my so before anything like that happened, I was doing all the sports and then towards the end of the year, my sports season had ended and that's when I guess I just kind of got in the mindset of like um I don't need to fuel my body as much and I had you know lost a lot of weight and then I had not played sports until you know I didn't play sports from 2019 to up until like March 2020 when I started running mm-hmm. so it it's really when I kind of realized that, you know, what I'm doing for my body is not right. And, you know, God gave me this body. And why would I want to destroy something that God put on this earth? It's like, it really made me realize what I'm doing. I'm hurting something that, you know, God made. And when I started to realize that, I was just praying and I felt lost. And I, it, yeah realizing what I was doing for something that God made really just put me in the mindset of, hey, this is wrong. <laughs> Why do I want to hurt myself doing this? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Absolutely. No, that's so beautiful. Like God literally says in the Bible, like you are fearfully and wonderfully made and we're in the image of God. And so when we don't fuel our bodies, right, we are literally not treating an image of God, right? So I love how you like, were able to see that throughout recovery, because sometimes it takes a really long time for people to notice that and realize Mm -hmm. that it is like struggling with an eating disorder. Isn't just about you. It's about, you know, like your relationship with God and it just goes against like our values as Christians. So that's so beautiful. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So how, I guess, so you said that like the main thing was faith and stuff. Did you seek other help, I guess, for recovery? Like, did you go um, see dietitians or was it pretty much like self-motivated self-recovery? Right. So I'm super thankful for my family. My mom, like I'm very fortunate to have the family that I did have and them realizing like what I was doing because a lot of people who go through this stuff, they have nobody. And that really breaks my heart because this is something that I feel like is really, really hard to, you know, grasp the mindset and come out of it on the other side by yourself. Um, but yeah, my parents did end up taking me to go see somebody and we were going there weekly to it was a registered dietitian here. And when my mom told me that, it kind of like that really broke my heart too because like going having to go see somebody and then actually diagnosing me was really hard to hear. Like I never ever wanted to say like myself having any sort of like that's just hard to hear. And I never really said that even after. So that was hard, but I think she really did help me. And we didn't really see her very often. We would in like for a few I'd say a month we saw her and then I my parents did really help like they were you know 
doing everything in their ability to help me. So I'm super thankful. And, um, you know, my family was all kind of lost at that time because my mom was, she didn't know what to do. She'd never experienced it before or she didn't know how to help. So I feel like during that time, I was kind of, it felt like I was causing my family so much hardship, you know, because my there was one time when we had to go to the dietitian and it was she had to bring my even my brother came my dad and my mom and we all sat at this table and was like well I'm causing so much like um I don't even know the word for it but um I don't know it felt I felt embarrassed that my family had to come and see me like this and I was taking time just all for this reason that I was doing something not right for my body. And it was like embarrassing, I think is the word. So. Yeah, it can definitely feel embarrassing um, for sure. And that's like, I mean, that's great that your family was so supportive because it is hard when, um, when you don't have that support and that support is so important. But um, yeah, and the embarrassment is real. And also, um, what else is real is that sometimes like we can't control what happened to us and like what went on in our eating disorder and like, it's not our fault or anything and it's nothing to be ashamed of, but there really is that shame and, um, guilt almost when you do get diagnosed and your family's there and stuff. So that's so real. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So did you ever, um, struggle with like exercise, like over exercising, um, or compulsive exercising and how did you overcome that? Because now you are a runner and you do a lot of strength training and you are really, you're amazing athlete. So how did you like, uh, I guess, cultivate a more healthy relationship with exercise? First of all, thank you. Of course. <laughs> but, um, but yeah so during that time and even before I had never done any over exercise and I wasn't exercising at all during my eating disorder and then towards the end when I started running um I was running on my by myself and then when school started back after quarantine I joined the cross country team and that was amazing I feel like that was a blessing in disguise that I was able to do that because it gave me a team to connect with, and it's what I really needed at that time. And I never really happened to overexercise. I think I found a sweet spot, and um, I never really experienced, you know, compulsive exercise. But I think if you do, I feel like you should seek help or just talk to people and, you know, realize that there is a um the uh there's a law of diminishing returns so if you over exercise too much you're gonna reap the consequences mm-hmm. and I think you should and it's the same thing as under feeling your body that's like, that's hurting what God made and if you're over exercising you're hurting what God made so I think you should you know a hundred percent paper and make sure you're eating enough. So. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Absolutely. That law of diminishing return is so real. Like you can only do so much. And like, if you're over-exercising, like you're just hurting your body and that's how like injuries happen and um, stuff like that. So yeah, that's great. And so you join cross country and how do you think like running almost like really just saved you quote unquote? Like, I know that you've um, mentioned that before and how like running is just like kind of almost like changed your life and like your outlook on recovery. Can you like talk a little bit more about like why you love running so much and like your passion, your goals with running? Um, I guess like the future and like your hopes and dreams with it. Yes, for sure. Okay. So um, I started running and I dreamed with me and honestly I just fell in love with it. You know, you hear that a lot. You fell in love with running and I, I 100% did. Yeah. Um, and it really changed my look on healing my body because before then I was kind of after I had recovered I was kind of lost with healing my body and when I started running I was like okay if I want to get better if I want to be the best athlete that I want to be I have to heal my body right and I have to figure out a way that works for me and I did during class country I did gain weight which was good healthy and it did help me become a better athlete because I was strength training. I, I did need the extra fuel. And I can 100% tell you that when I did gain weight, my time did drop. And I, from the beginning of the season to the end of the season, I, it was a huge difference. And it, like, it was 100% trial and error during the season, like, healing and I kind of found a way that kind of works for me and it, it paid off. Oh, that's so great. That is so cool. I, oh my gosh, I feel like that like message needs to be like repeated over and over again. Like when I gained weight, my time's dropped. Like, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly. Fueled equals faster. And it's just so yeah. evident. So like, that's super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so what would you say that like your biggest goal is with running then in the future? So I would love to run in college. I feel like that would be amazing. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, really anywhere. And I would love to do half marathons, marathons in my future. I could totally see that. And even just like running until the day I die. Like, I just... <laughs> I want to be that mom that can just like run like marathons, pushing this girl in me. Like, uh, that would be a dream. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. I always see these like <laughs> moms around the neighborhood and they're just like running and like before their kids go off to school in the morning. And like when I go for my morning runs, I'll like see these like middle aged women and they'll be like, I'll just like randomly like meet up with them at the stoplight. I'll be like, oh, good morning. And I'll like make conversation because I love talking to people. And so they'll just be like, oh, yeah, like I run before I drop my kids off to school. Like it's how I stay sane. I'm like, yeah, I want to be that mom. So I feel you. We're going to be those moms someday. <laughs> Yeah, same. I see them every morning. I see like the same moms every morning. I'm like, good for them. That's just like amazing. I'm so happy for them. (laughs) Right. It's so great. So are you running cross country this year then and then next year? Okay. Have you had your first race yet? Not yet. No. Okay. When do you, when's your first uh, race? Next week. Next. Okay. It's coming up. Do you have like a goal time for this season at all? No specific time, but you know, obviously, PR. Oh, yeah. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. You've been training so hard. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So did you start strength training after you started running? Yes, I did. So that was kind of like, we did strength training during cross country, but it wasn't super serious. Our coaches weren't super serious about it. So I kind of developed it over the summer um, of my first cross country season. I started to pick it up more and I that it made a serious impact as well. It's super important. I feel like some people neglect it, but you should really do it, especially core. I feel like a lot of runners neglect core too, but that is that makes a serious um, impact too. Oh, it so does, especially for injury prevention. Like even if it's just like, yeah, oh my gosh. Yeah. Strength training is so important. And, um, no, that's great that you do it because I, yeah, it's so neglected by so many runners and, um, Mm -hmm. like all the good run coaches are like, even if it's like once a week and you hit all of the like target muscle groups, like you're still going to be like getting stronger. You're still going to be putting on your muscle as long as you recover well. And they're like, just takes one time a week in the gym. Like that's all you need if you really can't fit it in, but it's like, obviously it's better to do more, but, um, yeah, no, it's so important, especially with like times and like, you know, efficiency and everything and running economy. And so core too, it is like, oh my gosh. So I feel like it's like one of the most neglected, like muscle groups. I just feel like with everybody that I talk to me, like, ah, oh, core, it's not that important. It's like a couple setups. It's like, no, you got to do your core. <laughs> Yes, was so important. Yeah. Do you do like your own core exercise? Like foundation. Exactly. It really is. It's like your center, your mid. Mm-hmm. Do you like have your own core workout or do you like follow videos? Yeah, I just kind of make up my own, do whatever I'm in the mood for, some fun core exercises. That's awesome. That's awesome. I usually use the Peloton videos and I'm like, they're good. They're really tough though. <laughs> that's a good idea I should try that oh yeah definitely um well awesome so yeah strength training super important um for running and so is fuel obviously so um I guess okay a question I have for you is what comes to your mind when you hear the term like food is fuel because I know there's a lot of people out there who like struggle with feeling if they're not active or they're not athletes um and they kind of think that fueling is only for those who are training really hard so like what are your thoughts on this like for people who maybe let's say they're injured and they can't do any exercise or something or they're just not athletes you know just living living their day-to-day lives like what is your um stance on that side of nutrition and like for those people who are concerned like oh well food is fuel but only for athletes type thing yeah so 100% food is, food is fuel for everybody you know athletes they might need more if they're doing certain exercises that like that their body like calls for it when you're doing more you need more but that's never like on my rest same sometimes more you know you never you never know and even if you're not exercising every day you're injured you still need to like you're resting metabolic rate you talk, you need like you know a certain amount for your brain to function for your heart to beat like and then I'm sure you're not bedridden so you're getting up to eat the rest you're getting up to eat you know you need more fuel than what most people think 
Mm -hmm. So you can't just, even when you're injured, you can't just be like, oh, I'm injured. This is my time to not, you know, because no, that could have been a reason of why you got injured in the first place. So you need to make your priority 100%. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that is such a misconception in the world of runners and athletes and stuff. They're like, oh, my rest days, I don't have to eat as much or whatever. But it's like, no, your body actually requires most of the energy that you are requiring of it. And um, I've talked about this so many different times on this podcast, but our watches, our smart devices, they are not accurate as far as as far, I love that. Um, as far as the, I am not cutting that out because this is so real. Yeah. Um, as far as like the estimations of energy expenditure that you have per day, and um, they are wildly inaccurate. Like it always says, you know, that you expend this amount of energy per day, but it really is. Um, it's a lot lower than you really need. And it's something yeah. that people can fall into a trap of. So like just knowing that like most of the energy requirements that you have, even if you're running eight miles, yes, you're going to need a significant amount of fuel for that. But you also at the same time need even more fuel for just your regular body processes too. So yeah, 100%. absolutely. So what's some advice that you give for those, um, who maybe don't have that much of an appetite or are having trouble feeling as a runner? Like, how do you make sure to get in the nutrition you need as a runner with all the miles we run and strength you do? And like, even on the days when you don't really feel hungry for that. Yeah. So to be honest, um, you know, intuitive eating is a huge thing right now. And I a hundred percent promote it. And I think it's an amazing thing, but as a runner or an athlete, sometimes your hunger can be blunted by, you know, working out. So a lot of times I will eat when I'm not necessarily hungry, but because I know that my body needs it. So I just make sure minimum I have three meals and three snacks. Like every single day, it's just, you know, breakfast, snack, lunch, snack, dinner, snack. It's mm -hmm. just that's how I feel my body and it works for me because oh you know working out can blunt your hunger and you can't go off intuitive eating when you're just not hungry because your body needs the needs the food and the fuel so yeah Absolutely. I love how you brought in intuitive eating with that because like it is so just hyped up right now in culture, but like really in reality, it's not, I mean, you really can't always listen to your body all the time, especially when you're active. And, um, yeah, I am the same way. I feel like this kind of like a classic, like recovery schedule of three meals, three snacks, but it's like your body actually needs that per day. Like even before I went through yeah. my disorder, like I was always hungry for three meals and three snacks. I, now sometimes I'm hungry for more, honestly, especially right. like, yeah. <laughs> like training. Um, but yeah, it's like, I mean, that's at least minimum of what somebody needs, even if you're not hungry. And like, if you think about like early phases of recovery and like physiology and research shows that like your body's using all this energy, but like, if you're just coming into like treatment for the first time, or you're starting recovery and eating all this food, you're not going to be hungry at all, but your body is going to be using it up so, so fast and like burning through that. So exactly. Just because you're not hungry, doesn't mean your body doesn't need it. So great advice. Yes. <laughs> awesome. So how has your recovery journey and passions influenced with what you do in the future? Like what's your dream job, dream profession? What are your like aspirations in life? 
Yeah. So Detroit definitely has, you know, influenced what I wanted to do in the future. And I think that's for a lot of cases, to be honest. You hear about it a lot. So I would love to help as many people as possible because really it does break my heart that so many people are going through what you know I went through you went through it 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 does it's really heartbreaking and I would you know also with my social media I'd like to help anyone and everyone I could and when I get older I would love to own my own bakery like have a bakery that just you know where I can make healthy desserts for anyone and then just that would be amazing. Oh, I love that idea. Um, wherever you plant that bakery, I will absolutely be visiting. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. You need to be my taste tester. So. Oh my gosh, of course. That'll be my, that'll be my career right there. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> so cool. I love how you're using what you went through to like really make a positive difference, especially in social media and everything and like how your journey has inspired that and just how you continue to make a difference. So I think that's so beautiful and you're going to make a great just influencer, baker, just caretaker in the future. And you're really, you are making a difference right now and you totally are for the rest of the future. Thank you so much. Of course. So before we do a couple fun closing questions, I guess, what is the best piece of, like, what is the biggest piece of advice you have for people who might be struggling right now, who maybe feel burnt out or just like kind of struggling with everything? Like what is like the number one piece of advice that you learned throughout recovery that you want to share with others? Okay. So kind of generic, but I, and I feel like you hear it a lot, but it's just to pray, you know? Mm-hmm. It's something that I kind of didn't do when I was recovering. And I feel like I needed to a lot because I was lost. I did not know what to do. And I needed to pray. And, you know, you need to pray when you're in your highest points in life and your lowest. You should never not speak for God because he's always there for you, even when you have nobody. So I think you should always depend on him, no matter what. (laughs) Absolutely. No, I love that. We are supposed to pray in the good and the bad. And Jesus is always with us, no matter what we're going through. So, yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. All right. So for some fun closing questions, you have given such great advice today, but um, just to get to know you a little bit more. Yeah. What is your morning routine? I know that you like running in the morning. So like, what's your favorite pre-run snack and your favorite breakfast food? Yes. I'm definitely a morning run person. Yes, me too. Especially here. It's like a hundred degrees in the afternoon. So it's not nothing. But, um, so yeah, normally I'll wake up around, when I don't have school, I wake up around six and I stretch for like 30 minutes, <laughs> kind of a long time, but I just really like to, you know, take that time. I feel like it's important. And then I'll, for my favorite pre-run snack, I would say probably like toast with peanut butter, just mm. basic, but you can never go wrong. No. Or no. like a simple granola bar. I love really Elizabeth granola bars. Those are very good. So good. And then 
my favorite breakfast is 100% oats. <laughs> if you follow me, you know that. Oats every single day. I just cannot go without. They're superior. They're um, <laughs> Yeah. I run and then I'll come back and have my oats with um, protein powder. Or game is my also favorite protein powder. One of my oats. And then after that, I will stretch a little bit more just so I don't tighten up. And then after that, I'll normally do my strength training and then have another snack. So, yeah. No, that is so awesome. I love that morning routine. And also the oats, yes, superior. Like, if you guys follow her, go look at her oats. They look beautiful. (laughs) Um, And yes, yes, of course. Orgain is also superior protein powder. I love it. I agree. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Lexi, for coming on today. Again, you have just shared so much goodness and inspiration and advice. And um, just if you guys haven't followed her already, like go give her a follow, go hype up her account because she just has mm-hmm. so much great content there and you will not be disappointed. So thank you again, Lexi. Thank you. This is so much fun.